This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Drinks with Rachel. And my name is Rachel. And that's my husband. Come here. Come here. This is my husband. Hi. And he had to set up the camera. Because I was using words and it was backwards. And it's all crazy. So, uh, welcome to uh, Drinks with Rachel. And I, as usual, forgot my drink. (laughs) One day, I feel like it will be this massive celebration when I finally manage to bring a drink to Drinks with Rachel. I hope you have a drink. And I hope that your kids are somewhere near bed, mind slumping around as usual. And uh, tonight we are talking about a kind of big topic about Halloween. Well, I think it is. Uh, I'm just going to type to my team that I'm live, just in case they don't know, because uh, I had to turn around so I can't see anything. And uh, so tonight we're going to talk about. Well, tis the season of Halloween. Uh, we every year talk about Halloween. We have all sorts of stuff on how to make up your own mind about Halloween, how to cope with images. We, we sort of cover a lot of how to explain to your kids about evil in the world and all sorts. And there's loads of links that Anna will be giving you about finding that. And we like these bedtime drinks to be quite specific about something really narrow. And so tonight I thought, oh, well, what's something we haven't hit? And I thought, you know what, we're going to hit, we're going to hit the thing I've sort of been avoiding hitting, which is how do we explain, how do we talk to our kids about all the paranormal, which is in ghosts and goblins and monsters and all the paranormal stuff that seems to be celebrated around this time? How do we actually explain it, interact with it, coach our kids to engage with a world that's like that? How do we do that? And so, as usual, um, feel free to type in questions, share your concerns, share your experiences, um, your situations, and um, there'll be a, a good chunk of time at the end for me to either comment on them or pretend to answer the question so that you can like it or dislike it and make up your own mind. Um, so uh, feel free to do that now. Uh, so I'm going to share a little bit of stuff and then we can, um, I'll pray for you because I always love doing that. And then we'll have a look at some of your comments and your questions and we'll have a bit of a back and forth because I just so value, particularly in a season where we're not seeing a lot of the other parents that we parent with at church to just have a, have a time to talk about this stuff, I think is, is really valuable. So here we go. Uh, when we talk about this kind of stuff, I, <laughs> I'm just beginning to look in Scripture about, like, you know, what are we going to do about this? What, what's, I want to always ground it in Scripture. And I found that th- we are not the first generation of people to have to deal with a celebration and or just engagement of the paranormal stuff that um, people are talking about. In a quick overview of Scripture, I see uh, in both Old Testament and New Testament all of this stuff is happening, and therefore we are engaging with this stuff in our Bible stories. Uh, the witch from Endor, who was talking to dead people. Job's friend, who was saying that it, like a spirit ghost came to talk to him. You know, the prophetic bones coming to life picture, which is skeletons getting flush on it and standing up and walking around. People being possessed by demons. Angels being prevented from helping people. Um, an evil talking snake. 
uh, baby sacrifice and idol worship, mediums and omens and casting spells. And like, we are not the first generation to try to figure out how to help our kids um, in a world that, um, that engages with this stuff. And in the modern world, we are sort of engaging with this whole range of fantasy where we're exposed to the ideas of witches and ghosts and zombies and monsters and Greek gods and exposed to real life situations where they're scared and they're experiencing things that they question as being supernatural. And, and how do we cope with that? How do we walk with our kids through this scenario? So I'm going to give you a few next steps. Uh, and you may agree with them, you may disagree with them, feel free. Uh, one thing I'm really aware of is that our community of Parenting for Faith has comes from a really broad range of uh, theology and traditions, and I absolutely love that. And my goal is to never have you parent like me, because I come from a church in a theological um, area, and I know what I think, and you may think differently, but no matter where we are on this theological spectrum of what we see of this, I, I see in Scripture three ways that we are to respond to uh, this surrounding. So I'm going to talk through these three areas, and then I'll pray for you, and then we can go. Here we go. I am checking with my team. Okay. The first thing that is really helpful for our 5 to 11s is this. We're commanded in the scripture. Don't be afraid. And I think I found that really helpful because sometimes when I when I first started out thinking about this, my position was always, what do I think and, and what, what is the right or wrong and the is it and the how do I do things? And I think for me, when I look over and over in scripture, is is the boldness of the people of God to not be afraid of this kind of stuff. I mean, Jesus didn't even bat an eyelid when he coked with this stuff. And the people of God who dealt with this around them weren't afraid. They walked right into it. They dealt with it face to face. And they just moved on. And I think there's something about helping our kids find boldness and courage in the face of this that is sort of the beginning of our journey. And so it kind of depends on your kids on how you want to frame things. Uh, and so some kids will have questions like, what is a witch? Are monsters real? What is a ghost? Are ghosts in the Bible? Like they may have just straight up questions that you're like, okay, real talk, we're just gonna talk through them. And if I have no idea, I'm gonna say, okay, I genuinely don't know, but let's find out together. Um, and so some kids may need just the framing of, well, throughout all of history, people have tried to, um, find power that isn't theirs because they wanted to be more powerful than humans and they thought they could control it and so that's why you find things that um that are like witches or these you know mediums who try to contact the dead because they're they're searching for power that's beyond them and so you may feel like you need to explain it you may be someone who's like ah my kid's not someone who is going to flourish with that my kid just may need framing that's like, there's the God stuff, and there's a bunch of stuff that's not God stuff, and anything that's not of God is not something we need to worry about, stress about, or be afraid of, because God is more powerful. And you may be that kind of framer. I don't think there's a one right way. I think you know your kids, and you know what kind of framing works for their brains. But no matter how you do it, I suggest they need a framework to understand it. I know some people need a hierarchical one. I know some people have to like build a chart that says, like, 
any of those scary things that you think are out there that are supernatural, you know, whether they're demons or ghosts or magic, whatever you think is there, God is so much more powerful than anything. There is nothing that even makes him sweat slightly <laughs> that exists in the natural or supernatural world. And he carries all power and authority over it. And he gives some of this, and, and you lay out the hierarchy. This isn't good and evil in a tussle. This is good, able to crush completely anything evil and wrong in the world at a thought. And he gives us authority to do that too. So sometimes it may just be framing the hierarchy that whatever's out there, that's why we just pull on on our connection with God and we hold strong in the face of this huge God who comes. Other times, your kids just need to know that not everything is paranormal, supernatural, and sometimes our brains just make up stuff. I am an adult and I am still convinced in moments in my life that I had a, I had a sort of I had a fantasy, I guess, when I was a three-year-old, and I remember this very firmly, that sharks were coming up the drain to eat my feet, and I remember screaming like I was going to die and my mother coming in and laughing at me, uh, and I was like, you're going to laugh at me and I'm going to die in front of you. And, and every once in a while, I am 40-something years old, how old am I, 41, I'm 41 years old, and still, every once in a while, I'll be in the shower, and sometimes, you know, it sort of comes up over your feet, and I will get overwhelmed with this wave of fear that it is a shark coming to eat my feet and then I'm like no that's stupid but there's a moment and sometimes our brains do weird things and that's okay we can find our peace and grab onto God and we can go on a journey of that and so sometimes it's just about framing what makes us scared and why it makes us scared so that we can understand what is around us in the world and we can ask curious questions, particularly this age group, they're chewing things over and they're processing stuff. And so if your kid is convinced that there's a ghost in their room, um, we're going to talk about what to do with that and how to help them feel powerful. But sometimes what's most interesting is, is where did that idea come from? And, and, and is that something I've seen in the Bible? I don't know. And to, and what makes you scared about that? And, and sort of, having a conversation to just help dig it up and to to let them do it because sometimes if they don't process it then they can't see how silly it is and so sometimes it's just sort of letting them ask questions and to talk about those things and and why do you think people think that and, and to go on a journey of discovery together so that when they when they are going to find not being scared it's something that they understand and can see sometimes so many times we feel scared because we don't understand and so it just is this mystery of fear or that we misunderstand what it is. And so we think it's bigger than it is or more powerful than it is. And so uh, it can be really useful to go on this journey of not being scared. The second thing that I see in scripture is this command to not mess with it. <laughs> and, uh, and so wherever, whatever you are on the theological spectrum, helping your kid find their peace in the midst of fear is a really helpful next step so that they can understand what they're looking at, see where God is in it, and sort of know how to engage with it. Uh, the second thing is to not mess with it, because particularly this age group, they um, are doing all of the weird games. Do you remember? I, I wonder if you did this. I'm wondering if this is an American thing. Share the things. Oh, there were these things, like I remember in elementary school, like Bloody Mary, you spun around three times in the dark and said the name, then you see an apparition in the mirror. Or Ouija boards, or all of those 
sort of games, the sort of playing with the idea of pretend magic and that sort of sense of it. And what we see in scripture is this idea of just don't mess with it. Not because not because we're supposed to cower in the corner, but because it isn't of God. And you don't mess with stuff that's not of God. And sometimes our kids need to have those healthy boundaries of knowing it's really helpful if you see this kind of stuff, the Ouija board, to, to say, mm, is this delighting in God or is this trying to mess with something that isn't of God? And if it's not of God, then that's just not something I want to do. And so to, to let them know that sometimes this stuff is out there and sometimes you just may feel weird about it and that's okay. This is when you notice something, you just have this brain. I'm not supposed to be scared of it and also I'm not going to mess with it. And so you have that sort of thing. And then be ready to respond. And I think this is the most important, well, I, it's not the most important thing. It's an important thing. Because what happens uh, with kids is, is particularly when you're doing something that celebrates the paranormal, the outside of God, supernatural stuff it becomes interesting and it becomes all-powerful. That's what I find scary movies are about. It's, it's scary movies are saying this evil stuff is so powerful that you are powerless in the face of it. There's nothing you can do. And actually, we know there's a lot you can do in the face of things that aren't of God. And that sort of power, when you make kids feel powerful, that's when the fear goes away. That's when they're ready to say no, because they know what to do when it comes up. And so we can give our kids frameworks for how to respond when they feel like there's something going on that is not of God. Do they feel like they know how to cope with it? Do they know how to find their peace? Do they know how to reject fear? Do they know how to say, nope, nothing gets to come in this room that isn't of God. Fear, go away in the name of Jesus. Or scary thing in the corner, go away in the name of Jesus, or nope, all those thoughts go away in the name of Jesus. Do they know how to feel like they can just say, nope, not that? And do they know how to find their God center again, whether it's a set of music that they play, whether it's that a list of truths on their walls that they do, whether it's a Bible verse they always look up. I know some kids who have like full-on packs of like, when I get scared, and they've showed me this, when I get scared at night, this is my light that I shine, this is my Bible verse that I read, this is my drawing pens that I can draw pictures of things I love with God, this is my list of stories that I tell God, they are like ready, so that if fear comes, they instantly know how to sweep it away and return to God, and that empowerment is really, really powerful. Um, do they know how to not mess with it? Like, have you ever run with your kid that if someone goes, hey, let's do this, sometimes they freeze, not because they want to do it, but because they, they, they've never, they don't know what to do. So to say, when I'm faced with it, this is what I say. Uh, or you want to practice, I can try something. You can come up with your twisty out of the way thing. And you can begin to have a conversation to help them be ready to respond to not mess with it. When they feel ready, then they feel able. How do you pray? How do you engage with it? How do you walk into school and cope with it when people are wanting to value these things and celebrate this kind of stuff? Um, let's figure out as a family. And then you can create windows into your life to say how you coped with it, how you still cope with it. You can help frame for them where God is in it. You can give them equipping and opportunities and you can go with them on a journey so that they can be ready to cope with this stuff. 
Uh, I just wanted to, to, I don't know, just give you those things to get ready. What I really want to do is dive into these questions and these scenarios, because I think that will help us really nail it down to your situations. So please do type in questions and scenarios and things that you're wondering, struggling with, um, and, uh, and I'll pray for you, and then we'll jump into them. God, I thank you for these parents who are wanting and willing to wade into this area to say, this isn't something I'm going to sweep under the carpet, but it's something I want to make my kid feel powerfully able to engage with the world on. And I pray that you would give them creativity and insight into their kids, that they may help their kids find the next step, that they may walk boldly in the face of all that is out there, that they may know who you are in it all, and that they may follow you um, as disciples and children of you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Right. Let's jump on into some questions. Our church primary school has introduced a dress-up Halloween day this week for the first time. My year five daughter was shocked. Mom, we don't do Halloween, we do light. Great response. But she and her sister don't want to miss the dress-up, so we're preparing good witches' costumes. Am I confusing them? Interesting. I think what I think what may be something that is the confusing is the term witches, because for me, witches um, are somebody are people. Well, witches use magic to control things beyond something. So it's all the powers in them. And what I love is what your daughter said um, when she said, "We don't do Halloween. We do light." And so my suggestion would be to not worry about doing the witch thing or trying to fit into the Halloween theme of going, well, Halloween, your choices are witches, skeletons, you know, things like that. And be like, well, actually, we do light. I love that phrase, we do light. What would it look like to go to Halloween as light and, and just explore that so they don't have to be good witches. They don't have to be trying to figure out um, what, what, how to how to cram themselves into Halloween, but rather just be like, what does light mean? Does that mean you have an entire outfit made of glow sticks, which would be awesome? Or does it look like you are wrapped up in fairy lights that are self-powered and you are just light? Who are you? I am light. I am light in the darkness. I am light in the midst of you. I mean, oh, that is just powerful and wonderful and completely in line with what your daughter already said. And so in some ways it's taking her point of view and adding power to it so she can be totally confident watching in. So I don't think it's about confusing. I think it's about um, letting, letting the boldness be. And don't worry about changing your mind or something. You can go back and be like, you know, I'm not sure if I feel okay about the witch thing. Let's just be light. You had a great idea. Let's just be that. Uh, and so I think there's something about having a conversation about what it means to be you in it. You never, ever have to fit yourself into somebody else's mold. But you can still go and have a great time and delight in yourself because the first idea you had was who we are. And that's awesome. So I, th I think it's, it's great to, to follow what the instinct already is and jump on board with that. Uh, we have another question. In cartoons, witches or potatoes pretend... When I explained to my daughter they are real, she became very frightened, even though I explained that God is bigger. I find the normality of witches in books and programs can normalize it. How do you balance it all? Um, yes, so I think, I think what makes kids afraid when you talk about witches being real is that that means that there are people walking around with powers that you don't have 
that can use them for evil or good depending on their whim. And so it makes you feel powerless. And so sometimes, if you want to go down that route, say they're real, sometimes it's about explaining um, why and, and what they try to do, which is to try to control nature and try to control outcomes in the world by um, using special words and using special ingredients to try to make things happen. And so they're trying to use their own power, the power that they think they can tap. And, and that is what they're trying to do in the world. And for, for good or for bad. And for us, we know that God is active in this world. Um, sometimes the bigger thing can be uh, confusing for them because they don't know what God is doing. They just know he is bigger. And so sometimes what's helpful to say is that God is active in the world and he is comforting and is bringing power and he is protecting and he is, he is healing and he is, he is doing all these things. And nothing anyone can do can ever stop his plans or purposes when he sets his, when he decides that that's what's going to happen. But that also doesn't mean you're powerless, because you walk with God in that, and your prayers are powerful, because we are close to the heart of God and we ask for that. And and for me, I also have a level of compassion for people who are witches, because because some of them feel like they, they are trying to do witchery things because they want to help people or they want to feel more powerful. And I feel really sad that there are people who want to feel powerful and so are doing their best and yet they don't yet know the beautiful, wonderful glory of God. So we can pray for them and we can love them and we can um, we cannot be afraid because we know what we do and we can partner with God and what he's saying about that. And so I think it's about sort of pulling it back and explaining your view of which is you may disagree with my characterization, feel free, but however you want to describe it in your way, describe it and give her what where she can feel powerful in it. Because otherwise it's like you got God, you got witches, you got other things and you just live in a world where you're the powerless one. Uh, who is the the victim of it all. And, and actually, there is a normalization of it. Um, and there's a normalization of it because it's a tool for fantasy. So uh, it's a way of sort of facilitating stories. Um, and so I think once you explain it and give her the path through it, then you can know. Sometimes it's also about framing for her how you think of it and, and how you see it and how you cope with it. And uh, sometimes she just needs to hear somebody else who's not afraid of it and how you wrestled with it and where you found your anchor points. And so she just needs to find her anchor points. Um, and uh, and you'll, you'll, fi you'll figure it out. You know her best. And so it's figuring that out. Uh, another question, how do we act when our kids' friends say, oh, it's just harmless fun? Um, for... Well, for the kid or for you, if kids say that to me, then I'm like, yeah, I get that, but I've also had harmless fun that was harmful. <laughs> so I just want to be wise. And so for me, I often tell my kids, it's not about what is fun, it's about what's wise, because I can have fun doing lots of things. And so uh, sometimes it is just about what's wise, what's wise for my brain, what's wise for me to celebrate, what makes my heart feel clean before God. And so there's going to be lots of opportunities in our lives where people say it's harmless fun, and actually it's not. Or people say it's harmless fun and it just doesn't feel right to me. And I don't have to have a reason that you understand for me to say no. Because I want to make my choices. And you don't get to decide by making fun of me what my choices are going to be. Because 
I got a smart brain and I got a strong heart and I'm going to decide what's right for me. So have fun. I'm going to do this thing in my house and, you know, feel free I'll see you tomorrow. And so I think some of it is just helping them feel like they don't have to argue against it. They don't have to convince everybody, everything of it. You can just be you and decide what's right. Because at the end of the day, it's about what makes you feel peaceful, what makes you feel close to God, and what makes you feel wise and clean before God. And how to say it, to not be embarrassed by it. I'm not embarrassed by that. Enjoy, you know, doing your thing, but I'm going to do my thing. And to make kids who are bold in that, it sets them up great for teenage life. So, yeah, go for it. Um, right. Our six-year-old son is not afraid at all. Ooh, in fact, he wants to do all the things he has heard about Halloween without really understanding what it is, mainly eating sweets and having a party. He feels he's missing out by not celebrating ghosts and things. How do we balance this? He wants to enjoy the scariness of it all like his friends seem to. Um, yes, sometimes what it is is about figuring out what the fun is. If your kid is like, I want to dress up, I want to party, and I want to surprise people, then sometimes it's just about grabbing the best of it and throwing yourself a fantastic thing at yours. So we have a family tradition that we love, and Anna can make a link to it. And I don't care what you invite us to. We're like, no thanks, we're throwing our own awesome thing. You want to join us? Because we love our tradition we make. Pumpkins, I, I can show you. Well, there's pictures out <laughs> there. Um, we have we have a glow sticks everywhere. We watch a new movie. Um, we dress up. We have a great time. And so it... The, the, the celebration of celebration is great. There's lots of sweeties and stuff. I just don't need... Ghosts isn't what makes the fun. Fun makes the fun, and I bring the fun. And so sometimes it's just about um, creating your own funness and inviting people into it in a way that that enjoys. Um, my nine-year-old daughter knows that we don't do Halloween, but she reached the age when she thinks a bit of evil things are fun, and she wants to be brave to explore a world of darkness. In the past, I let her dress up as a witch, so uh, she was into, she was so into the book Worst Witch, as I thought it was a phrase that she could explore, but if I ban all those dark things around Halloween, she will get confused. What shall I do? I think if, if your kid's already into it and a bit of evil things are fun, sometimes what they're enjoying is more the fantasy of superheroes, essentially, except it's just phrased in witch world. And so sometimes it's about just the, the fun, of the idea of being powerful. And, and so sometimes it's about deciding what is evil that you feel uncomfortable with and what is just superhero stories that she thinks are fun. And so every kid is different. So you have to decide what is crossing the line for you as a Christian. What do you feel is not good for her heart or her connection with God? And so some of it is about going, um, what do we love about those stories and have those conversations? Because it could be that she just really enjoys protecting people and that that's a fun story about protecting people. And so it's about bring, being brave to explore a world of darkness can sometimes be being light in the darkness and being the person who isn't afraid and is fearless in the face, which is like Jesus. So sometimes it's about going, okay, if you're someone who likes walking into darkness, then let's also add stories of missionaries who were walking into you know, dark tribes who celebrated evil and brought the light of God to it, or to celebrate the braveness she has into not, doing the, into not, not being afraid of those things and how Jesus was like that. And so sometimes it, it may be with your daughter that it's about figuring out how you operate in a world surrounded by darkness and bring the light of God, bring the power of God, bring the truth of God 
into that because that's that's a powerful place to be and people need to walk into the darkness and be that and so sometimes it's about flipping the the narrative and so whether it's about halloween or not it's about trying to to seek out of her is it is it the evil anti-god stuff that's interesting or is it actually the powerful dynamic of that does that make sense we can talk more about it if you're not sure um, another question, I find it easy to explain to the children that we don't do the scary beat of Halloween because we don't do fear. Great. I find it harder to say no to the fun parts, such as pumpkin carving, spider-shaped lollipops, trick-or-treat, apple bobbing, etc., and wonder where the line is. I tried to sell it to them as an autumn celebration, <laughs> but they're not buying it. Um, I think, I, what I think sometimes if they're not buying it, then fine, they're not buying it. But for me, if we don't do fear, that doesn't mean I can't apple bob. There is nothing to me, connected to fear about sticking my face in a chunk of water and trying to grab an apple with my mouth. I mean, gross germ sharing, yes, but you know, fine. And so some of it is that I, you can tell your kids, for me, what's most important about this Halloween thing, if, you, if you're like, I don't mind enjoying them, the fun bits, um, or where the line is, but I don't want to go to something that makes me think that everyone's just celebrating not God. That makes me feel uncomfortable. But I'm totally up for doing all of these things. So we can show up to the pre-dark thing before everyone gets scary. Or um, actually, let's throw a party that we do all of the autumn celebration stuff. And I know you think it's lame, but fine. Because I don't want to miss out on apple bobbing. And so I think it's about having the conversation. Um, sometimes we feel like we have to decide what the line is. Where we can actually go on a four-year journey of going, what makes me scared? What what do we feel is celebrating evil? How do we feel that went? Did that feel like it crossed the line? I don't know. Does it, does it not? No. And sometimes you can have a, have a really interesting conversation about let's try this this year and then we can reflect on it and see if that works with what our hearts are. Because for us, Halloween is about this. And you can, as a family, talk about it and try it and do it. Because we're, remember, we're, we're not training our kids, engage or don't engage in Halloween. What we're doing is we're saying that this is how you engage constantly with a world that has different values from us. And so let's figure it out together. Let's take you on the process of how you decide how and when you engage and what is, you know, the essence of evil and what is a thing that we only get to play at this time of year for some bizarre reason. So, you know, woo, jump in for the season. Let's have pumpkin spice apples. Uh, I think it really, it really is about walking with your kids. Oh, oh, I'm getting it. We have to move on to the teens now thing. Oh, I've run over. Right. Enjoy. Have a good time. Send us your stories of what you've decided and what you're trying. Because we'd love to hear about it. Because next year we're going to be having a conversation like this. And I'd love to hear what you tried and what worked and what didn't work. Let's be a community. Have a great month. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you.